Welcome to this week's edition of the Contact Centre Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Mitchell, and I'm the Features Editor here at Call Centre Helper. In this episode, we'll be looking at the topic of contact centre excellence, how to stand out from the crowd, with Thomas Laird, a contact centre expert with over 20 years' experience within the industry. Thomas is the host of fellow contact centre podcast, a device from a call centre geek, and prides himself on sharing actionable advice to his fellow contact centre professionals. He shares lots of his great advice learned from 20 years of experience within the industry in our conversation, which begins right after this quick message made on behalf of our friends at Vonage. This podcast is sponsored by Vonage. Vonage is redefining business communications, helping enterprises use fully integrated unified communications, contact center and programmable communication solutions via APIs. To find out more, visit www.vonage.com bonage.com forward slash contact dash centers. Thanks. So I'm going to start today's podcast by asking a very broad question, and that is what for you are the key traits of a really excellent contact center? Johnny, I'll, I'll give you five. There's five things that I think we look for when we see a high producing call center and something in my call center that we we really try to stress. And, you know, some of them might be self-explanatory, but other of these might be a little bit kind of, I don't want to say off the wall, but a little unique. But so, you know, number one is, is really measuring the proper metrics. We are all in our industry as a whole is so stuck in service level, average handle time, ASA, talk time. And, you know, when we hit these metrics, so, you know, I have, a, I have an 80-30 today with a you know, average handle time under four minutes. So I had a great day. Well, the problem of that is the only thing that you're measuring is the efficiency of your call center and the efficiency of your reps, but you're not listening to the customer experience at all. So a high producing contact center, and I think one of the great contact centers now is start starting to listen to the customer. That started with CSAT and NPS scoring, but I think we can take that to the next level and really get into the speech analytics and looking at you know customer sentiment scores. So if you can benchmark a customer sentiment score and, and you're raising those scores, plus having the efficiency of your call center be you know, where you're hitting those service levels, you're hitting those telephony metrics, I think that's kind of the new definition of a world-class center and something that, that really you can benchmark from. The other thing that we see kind of stresses in that education format where your middle management run your call center. If you have really strong supervisors, really strong team leads, you're going to have a strong super or a, a strong call center. So, making sure that you have a management training program, making sure that you have ongoing education, not just for your reps but for your management, that you're not just pulling a, a high-producing rep off the phones and put, putting them into a supervisory role. I think is is really important. Number three, and I know I'd like to talk about this a little bit more as we kind of go on here, but number three is, is can you define your culture? And everybody talks about hey, improving the culture, but nobody really knows what that means. So, you know, when you can define your culture and then you have the ability to hire, promote and incent off of that culture, it totally changes what your contact center can be from from just saying, hey, I think this person's really good. They've been in the contact industry for a long time. That's a really important part. And I know I think, you know, we're going to kind of touch on that a little bit later. Number four is it's got to be fun, right? I mean, the contact center, you can do things that you, you can't do anywhere else. So, you know, from having games going on constantly in the call center to having something that, that the reps are getting up and out of their seat, I think is a really important thing when you're really looking at that occupancy number and kind of dialing it down a little bit for, for a game or, or something in the call center is important. 
And the last one I have that I think is really important too is, is we do a very poor job as an industry as a whole with educating tone. When we educate, we educate, you know, where to click in the CRM. And when a customer says this, you're going to go to this and you tell them this. But we don't do a great job of, of actually using the tone of their voice. What words are we using? How are we saying it? Because it, my, my saying is when my call center is the tone is the message. And if your tone is poor, no matter what the experience or the message, and even if the, the customer gets what they want, if that tone was wrong, the experience was poor. So I think those are our five really core key metrics and kind of things that people can kind of strive to, to have a unique and kind of a, a cool call center. Yeah, I think there's so many interesting things there. One of those, especially that I really liked, was defining your culture. And I'm, that's something that I'm very keen to get back to in a little bit as well. Another couple there that I would also kind of add in that I'm sure you'll agree with as well is kind of having close links to other departments as kind of many excellent contact centers often use journey maps as business tools and as a way of improving collaboration across the business. And I think a big problem that we have with journey maps is that they're often put together by third-party consultancies and that mindset kind of carries through to the rest of the organization. And, and so we don't see the benefit that maybe journey maps can have in the call center. And another one that you, you did also kind of touch on a little bit was kind of having clear support systems for your advisors. So instead of relying on scripts and processes and procedures to answer customer queries, kind of maybe having a regularly updated knowledge base and other support systems like a, like a Slack channel that's managed by senior agents. I think that can be a very nice idea to ensure advisors can make the best decisions for customers as an individual. So I think lots of really great stuff there. And I think that these support systems are often symptomatic of a great contact center culture. And excellence often comes from having a great contact center environment. So I was just wondering, I think one of the key questions that I want to ask you is what are the most niche things that you've seen contact centers do to improve their culture? Well, the first thing is, and I think that this is really important, is again, as I kind of just said earlier, is we all talk about improving culture, but really nobody knows what that means. You know, if we go to consult or if I talk to a client who has an internal call center and I say, hey, I want to match the culture that you guys have if you really like it. And can you can you define that for me? And everybody struggles with that. So the first thing is, I think you need to define it. Let me give you an example. So in, in the call center that I run here, our BPO, our culture is a sunshine attitude with an entrepreneurial mindset. Now, that's a lot of mumbo jumbo. That's the pretty thing to put on the uh, kind of the mission statement deal. But what that boils down to is attitude and effort. So those are the two pillars that we have decided are going to be what we're going to hire, what we're going to incent, and what we're going to promote off of. So we have done things such as you know using you know agent sentiment scoring to actually incent reps to have a nice tone and actually pay them more for being nice on the phone. Like it's a it's a benchmark now that we can actually use. We can look at the effort piece of this and, and we actually pay our reps incentive, you know, on attendance. And that can actually get pretty significant, you know, if there's if they can string a couple of weeks together of 100% attendance. The same thing goes when we go to hire, right? We are not looking at a resume. And I think that this is a big mistake that a lot of call centers make is, is HR will come to, <laughs> to the, the call center guys and say, hey, I think this person is going to be a great fit. My question though is, is a great fit for what, Right. So I think that that's a really, really important piece is is understanding what you want. You know, do you have a sales call center where you're looking for more individuals who are, you know, driven off of a a monetary number? Are you looking for more customer service associates that, that can work in a team, are collaborative, have the proper tone? What type of individual do you want? 
And then once you kind of can figure that out and HR can figure that out, then you can actually add pillars, which is a lot of fun to promote incent and hire off of those pieces of culture. So I think that there's a lot of things that you can do then, you know, once you decide this is the type of center that we have. And and the other thing that I see with call centers is that the, the company culture. So if you have an internal call center, your call center culture doesn't have to really totally match the company culture, right? Because you could be like at a, a very stoic financial services organization where everything is very professional. And not to say that your call center is not going to do that, but the type of, of tone that you want to, to kind of project from your brand might be different than you know what the finance guys are after. Those are a lot of questions that you have to ask from a culture standpoint of the, of the company and then kind of drill down to the call center and see what type of, of tone, what type of individual do you want to project for your brand? Yeah, lots of great stuff there. And it goes back to kind of the first point that you mentioned there of creating a great culture is getting your recruitment, right? And it goes back to the old cliche, I think, of hiring for the right attitudes instead of necessarily the right skills. And I think there's lots of great stuff that you built on top of that. But I just quickly want to uh, change the focus to something else now. And I think people, process, and technology are the three things that we need overall to achieve contact center excellence in terms of kind of culture and beyond. So now focusing maybe on more of the technology angle, because we haven't discussed any of that so far, which emerging technologies are contact centers now using to stand out from the crowd in your experience? Well, huge, huge argument going on in the industry right now with how far is AI going to go and how quick is it going to happen, right? And I think anybody you know, in our industry would be naive to think that it's not going to play a significant role here in the next coming years. I don't know if that's five years, 10 years, six months, but I can say that with in November, Google just released basically their their call center AI platform. So everybody can now, quote unquote, I guess, start playing with it. The first couple of things that I think are going to have an impact and we are looking at this year is, is number one is, you know, real-time transcription in the Google Agent Assist. So, how powerful of a tool this will be to have an associate really be sitting there, right? Talking to a customer and I'm going to get a couple of things. Number one, I'm going to get real-time sentiment score. So currently we kind of take sentiment from speech analytics in the aggregate and we look at it over maybe a day, an hour, two hours, three weeks, but now we're going to be able to get it in real time. So we're going to be able to kind of have a supervisor, have a mission control or have a QA area you know, really be able to see visually if a call is going south, if a customer is, is irritated. I think that's a really powerful tool from a QA standpoint, and especially from a real-time QA standpoint. And then when you get the real-time transcription as well, and then AI kind of being laid over that. So as words are being spoken from the customer standpoint, as words are being spoken from the agent standpoint, the key points of that call are going to be able to be pulled out. And if a customer calls in and says, hey, I'm really interested in, in this product, to actually have you know, an, a PDF or information on, on sales data or the last specs on that product automatically pop up to an agent so that they're not looking and searching and, and kind of talking about that. Same thing on the customer service side. Moving forward, that's where it gets a little sketchy. You know, we have every day I get people you know, talking to me like, hey, you know, reduce 30% of your call center agents with this AI because everybody you know, saw that Google at their user conference, what, about six or eight months ago when you know, they called the uh, the hair salon and, and kind of had a real human that wasn't a human kind of go through the whole process. That's not here yet. But again, I think we're naive to, to think it's not coming. But I think from the Google agent assist, real-time transcription, those things are here now. 
and they're going to have a huge benefit in the in the customer experience for the customers and the, and the clients and the, the companies that, that want to start to implement and kind of move down the road with this AI technology. Yeah, I think there's um, a couple of really interesting things then. I thought especially the, your examples of sentiment and how that will be used further on the past, the kind of examples of um, speech analytic systems is very interesting because we often hear customer emotion talked about as quite a promising concept, but it's never really really yet being used widely in contact centers to achieve really accurate and outstanding results. And I think there's a couple more technology examples that I would uh, even add to that. I think passive voice biometric systems to bypass complex IDMV processes. So these systems will, as the customer speaks, be able to verify whether it's them or not based on characteristics in their voice. And hey, I don't, not not to interrupt you, but we're, we're seeing that especially implemented with, with our financial services clients. So it seems like that's the uh, one of the, the key channels that are really, really looking hard at that. Obviously, security and those type of, of aspects are so important in that business model that they've been really leaders in, in that space. Yeah, I think it's always because um, biometrics has always been very good technology to use in the contact center, but to have it without it being invasive for the customer experience, I think is uh, I think it's a very important step. And then again, another one is WFM technology and kind of giving advisors more control over their schedule. and They can access the schedule through their phones as well using certain tools. And I think those are very promising technologies too. So kind of AI is very important, as you say, and analytics and biometric systems. And I also see WFM technology increasing its presence in the contact center in uh, the future. Let me add on to that's a really good point that you make. And, and we see from from WFM as well. And, and it kind of goes really to the to the core of of routing is, you know, really setting up um, and, and having AI kind of move agents within skills, you know, as maybe the things go wrong or you start in a heavy queue. So instead of the panic happening of, of you know, Janie's supervisor or Janie in charge of the room moving agents over to really be able to see that, to see in the IVR that there's a predicted wait time of this and to move agents ahead of time into different skills without human intervention too is something that, that's kind of been there, but it's starting to get really good too with the, the influence of AI. Yeah, and I think adding maybe adding AI to um, real-time dashboards is something so that these resource planners who are monitoring calls as they're coming in can better judge whether they need to kind of go into their standard operating procedures and call out for backup if things right. are much, right. much proper. Cause, uh, but then sometimes you'll have a little peak in contact volumes and then you'll call in the whole reinforcements and then that's only a temporary lapse. So it's much better for your planners to have those kind of dashboards with the AI, as you were talking about, to kind of really help them to not make those kind of knee-jerk decisions and better use resources. I think there's so many more that we could talk about, I'm sure. But just generally going back to this idea of kind of uh, contact center excellence, I just want to... I just wanted to pick your brain in terms of which brands really come to your mind when thinking about how to differentiate overall customer service and, and why. Yeah, and maybe I, I, I flipped this question around, but let me answer that and then kind of add the maybe the, the devil's advocate to that. So you have different companies that have almost weaponized the customer experience, right? You have like Zappos, you have here in the States, you have Chick-fil-A. Right, that have when you think of those companies, one of the first things that come to mind is the actual customer experience, and that's a that's kind of an amazing thing. And, and how they've done that is 
It's in every piece of their culture. It's in every piece of social media that goes out. It's in how they actually interact with customers. When I drive through a Chick-fil-A and I say, thank you, they say my pleasure. Those two little words that everybody is ingrained and trained with have have made a huge difference and, and made people think about you know, how can I brand? Because they actually are kind of branding their customer experience, which is a really, really cool and, and opens up a whole new set of really cool and unique things that you can do from that standpoint. But working in a BPO and, and owning a BPO, so we're, we're an outsourcer that works with a lot of different clients. We kind of see the, the flip side of it with the companies that I don't want to say are not doing it well, but it's not a priority. So a lot of the big tech companies so what happened? And this is kind of a trickle-down effect. So you have, you know, the Facebook and the Google and the, you know, the LinkedIn and those, those big giant type of, of tech companies that, you know, if you want to try to get a hold of their customer support, you're going to go through a, a process, right? And you're probably not going to get anything real time and it's going to be an email. So what happens is we're seeing a lot of startups that we're working with have the same exact mentality, right? They think that they can do what Facebook does and Google does because that's who they interact with and who they they, they kind of mold themselves after. It's such a poor way of doing business. And, and we're trying to get them to, to kind of see the, the kind of the light at the end of the tunnel and, and what a tool dealing with your customers is, but also how awesome it is for your business model, right? When you're handling these guys in, in a first call resolution, trying to get them within a certain time period, actually talking to them where you can do cross sells and upsells um, after you're really handling and kind of building brand and building a unique experience for them. So the companies that are doing it right are, are kind of killing it. It's not easy, right? And it's a ton of training and it's a company-wide process that needs to happen. But when you do it and it's done right, it's a it's such an advantage for a, for a company or for a brand. I think especially with startups, as you mentioned, because they don't have many of those really old process and procedures that can kind of get in the way. They have more of an opportunity to really kind of, as you say, make the most of the possibilities that are out there. And I think that's a really good time for a quick break where we'll hear a quick 40-second message made on behalf of our friends at Vonage. This podcast is sponsored by Vonage. Vonage is redefining business communications, helping enterprises use fully integrated unified communications, contact center, and programmable communication solutions via APIs. True to their roots as a technology disruptor, they've embraced technology to transform business collaborate more productively and engage their customers more effectively across all communication channels. To find out more, visit www.bonage.com forward slash contact centers. Once again, that link is www.bonage.com forward slash contact centers, which can be found in the description box below. Thanks. I think there's uh, lots of great stuff in what you said, and you mentioned Zappos especially, and that kind of made me think recently of kind of Amazon, who obviously bought uh, Zappos not that long ago, and uh, they offer two thousand dollars to employees have been at the company for one year, and that increases by one thousand dollars every year of their tenure, so it maxes out at about five thousand dollars, and those that accept uh, the offer can never work at Amazon again. And the aim is to hire people who want to work for Amazon because they want them to stay somewhere where they want to work. And if you don't want to work there, it won't be healthy for either the individual or the company. So they accept the money and kind of 
go elsewhere. And I think it's a, it's a very interesting concept. I'm not sure if it's very practical for most brands out there. For most, right, right, right. But, yeah. <laughs> but I remember hearing that and thinking that's, well, that's a really interesting uh, idea. But kind of moving on to the next one again, I was just wondering what kind of tips that you have for contact centers like that, but for making their customer service experience a unique experience. Yeah, one of the things I, I, I kind of want to add, and I can maybe throw in, into this as well, is but when we were talking about culture, you know, that's kind of, we talked about the the hiring and that's kind of the defining the culture is the, the macro, right? And then moving into kind of the micro with that, which I think goes into your question here of a unique customer experience is one of the things and one of the biggest tips that I can give to improve someone's call center and also I think make the customer's experience better is we call it controlling the first 30 minutes of the shift, right? Or 30 minutes of the day. So, you know, whether what your culture is, if we'd like to have music going, we like to have a kind of a high energy kind of call center floor. And I, I understand you have different reps coming in at different times, but you know, at that beginning of the day, I think that's really important to, to have a, every single associate greeted as they come in, right? So that the email that you're working on, Mrs. Supervisor is not as important as that rep that's coming in by you. So whether you're a high fiver whether you're just a handshake or whether you're a, hey, Janie, you know, kind of taking the temperature of your rep, I think is is really important. Then recapping the, the day before, giving goals out for today's day. And then actually every single team that we have here at Expedia, there's a game going on on every single team, whether it's team versus team, whether it's individual versus individual, something's going on. But I think if you can control that first 30 minutes, the customer experience improves vitally because, you know, you know that you're kind of, you turned any of those, those poor attitudes that maybe came in. You've kind of taken the temperature of the room. Everybody understands the goals and they understand what how they're going to have fun for the day as well. So I think that's really important. Some of the other things from a, a unique experience, you know, we kind of touched on this a little bit about really branding or immersing your, your customer into your culture. So if you are a, again, a financial services organization, maybe you want to have, you know, yes, sir, no, sir. You know, that's, that's a, you're immersing them into that professional kind of attitude. But if you are a shoe company or you're retail and you're working with 18 to you know 25 year olds, maybe you can use words like, hey, that's cool. Oh, hey, thank you. That's awesome. Right. Not everything needs to be cookie cutter. And how you talk to your customers and how you brand your service, I think, needs to match the culture and what you're trying to reflect. And that's something that we try to do here a lot, too. Every single client is a little bit different. So to match the rep with with how to speak to the customer, even demographic, those types of things, I think are really important. The other really cool thing that we've had customers actually buy into is using customer experience as a marketing tool. So we actually are taking service level, we're taking calls and queue, we're taking agent and customer sentiment scores, and we're actually posting them on their website through APIs. So in real time, right, when a customer goes to XYZ company's customer service page because they need to talk to them when they need their phone number, they're going to see the amount of calls in queue, the, the customer and agent sentiment scores, which hopefully are good, right? Those types of things. So if we're doing our job here in the call center, those stats from both a, a telephony efficiency standpoint and also from a customer sentiment standpoint should be really high. We can actually prove to customers that they're getting a really, really high end customer service experience. And then, you know, we talked about, you know, some of these other things too of, of in, incenting the proper KPIs not just kind of tracking them, but actually paying your reps off of new type of technologies, the new sentiment scoring. I'm really looking at what makes a really cool customer experience 
And it's not just service level. It's not just handle time, but looking at some of those metrics. And then, you know, kind of lastly, every single call center out here, and, and I think that this is really important, is we have so much technology, right? And not all of us use the technology that we have. And, and I think one of the really important things is, is to, to talk to your supervisors, to really dig into whatever platform you have. There's tools that you're not using that can improve and kind of make that customer experience unique that you don't even know you have because you're just kind of stuck in, this is kind of what we do. So every time that we go consult, we go talk, that's one of the huge questions. And it kind of blows people's mind. Like, oh my gosh, I don't even need to pay for this. We're just not using it. And I think that that's a really important tip to, to really dig in and the, the, the platforms that are out there today are so powerful that there's a lot of things that you're probably not using that you, you probably should be. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And there's so many good points in there. And I really like the, the first one of controlling that first uh, 30 minutes of the advisor's day. I think it's uh, very interesting. It reminded me of when I went to uh, Sky, who's a uh, UK um, network provider, their contact center. And every at the start of the first 15 minutes of every day, they would have quizzes for everybody. And that would include like how can you find this in the knowledge base, that kind of quiz and kind of refresher sessions for everything. And it's really to get high energy for the day and make everybody enthusiastic before they go on to calls. And I think that was really interesting. And one other thing actually that I um, recently heard on your own podcast was something called, I hope I'm saying this right, the Chickafilla effect. Sorry, sorry. Uh, no, that's American, right. Any yeah. Americans who are listening to this. And I was <laughs> just wondering if you could um, just tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, and I think, and that goes like to the that's the Chick Fil A, right? So where uh, when we go through that drive-through, when we go through that experience, like I know I'm going to get a good experience there. We have a here in the states, and in, in, I'm in I'm in Pennsylvania. We have a it's one of our kind of main streets here. It's called Peach Street, and there's a Wendy's, a McDonald's, a Subway. There's like four or five different restaurants that are all in a row, and all those guys you can you can go through their drive-through and be done in 30 seconds. You go through Chick Fil A. And you could be there for 20 minutes waiting through the drive-thru. And again, is their chicken that much better than everybody else's? No. But what they've done is they branded it as such a high-quality establishment with with high-quality service that people know that they're going to get a really good experience. And even the food that they're going to get has a certain level of quality. It's no better than anybody else's, but just the presentation of it, how it's wrapped up is, is really important. And I think you know that's what we do in the call center. We are the voice of the brand that we're working for. You're the voice of the brand of your internal call center. What are you trying to project to the customers? What type of culture? How are you talking to them? And if you get that right, right? And if you kind of, if you can get that to be trained and and be stable across a multitude of agents, it really is a a weaponization of customer experience, which I think is is really important and can really drive your brand. Hmm. Excellent stuff. And uh, I will uh, not forget how to say Chick-fil-A. No, I think there you that go. Was, you got uh, it. There we go. <laughs> Improvement. You did say that earlier, actually, and I was like, I think that's, I think that's it. But uh, <laughs> excellent stuff. And uh, we've talked about so many uh, great things now. And I know that you have your own podcast. So where can our listeners go if they want to hear more from you, Tom? Yeah. So uh, listen, I believe that if you are looking for really for, and, and I, as we talk, kind of talked earlier, I coach basketball as well here in the states and. You know, if you're looking for plays, like actual things to improve your call center, like the tips of the first 30 minutes, you know, the, the call center helper podcast, and then my podcast, which is advice from a call center geek. I think they're the two best out there for that. We don't really talk about theoretical experiences of the, of the customer experience, but just really try to dig down into actual helping actual call center managers, supervisors, 
try to give actionable items that you guys can take back and, and improve your call center. And then just as a cheap plug as well, I do have, it's on Amazon. It's, 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 I do have a book. It's called more advice from a call center geek, kind of keeping that brand going. It's super cheap. And it's kind of it talks about a lot of the things that we've talked about here and, and kind of goes into a little bit more, uh, more detail to a lot of things that I think work really well in a call center environment. Excellent stuff. And I would very much recommend your podcast as well. It's great for a quick morning drive to work. Just put on like a 10, 15 minute episode and it's uh, perfect for that in my experience. But anyway, thanks for joining us today, Tom, and thanks for everything. Thank you so much. It was fun. That's all for this episode. Thank you to Thomas Laird for the great conversation and also to Vonage, whose support made the production of this podcast possible. We'll be back next week with another great guest as we continue to keep providing you with lots of new insights that we hope will help you to improve your contact center's performance. The Contact Center Podcast is produced by Call Center Helper, the leading contact center magazine. You can subscribe to our podcasts or give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can also access our entire range of podcasts through the Call Center Helper website by visiting callcenterhelper.com forward slash podcasts.